Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Here we go. Hola. Episode five, the Schmo Zone podcast. I'm the Schmo. Actually, I'm just Dave Schmolenson, but I play the Schmo. Joined with Helen Yee Sports. Yeah. I mean, you essentially said my intro. So all I can say is, yeah, you're right. Back from Arizona. We just got back last night. Great times in Arizona. It was uh, my dad's birthday. We got to interview the guest who's going to be on today, Sugar Sean O'Malley, going back to his house. Great times. And then he's going to be in here in studio in a couple minutes, right? Yeah, fighting this weekend, making his very anticipated debut after two years. I'm sure all his fans, even us, I mean, we all miss watching him fight. We saw a snippet at Quintet, and uh, yeah, we're super excited for this weekend. Extremely excited for this weekend. Extremely excited for this podcast. Going to be a lot different than last week's podcast, where we kind of took a back seat. Gave an open forum to Joshua Fabia and Diego Sanchez. And listen, we read the comments. We saw what you guys had to say. And at the end of the day, we just wanted to give them a chance to explain whatever they wanted to talk about. And that's exactly what we did. And I learned a lot. Did you? I did. Got to learn about Joshua Fabia's athletic background. Got to hear about his coaching strategies you asked some good questions when you had the opportunity to ask the questions. And Emil Mech, I think on Twitter, I saw him kind of clear the air on some things. Eventually, that Josh said, yeah. Eventually, we'll get Emil Mech in here for the podcast too, but he's got to get an opportunity to defend himself. Yeah. And it was an interesting weekend also because Henry Cejudo, so we interviewed him as well. Yes. And the flyweight division. What's going on with that, right? Yeah, it is a complete question mark right now. What's going on? Davidson Figueiredo missing weight by two and a half pounds. Who knows what the future is with that flyweight division? But uh, yeah, I the guess is as good as mine. Why not just get rid of it and uh, make the increments of 10 and still pushing for the 165-pound weight division, right, Helen? Yeah, your jersey, it's still hung up. The jersey. summertime, yeah, your one sixty-five pound jersey. Yeah, we'll we'll bring that out again. We'll bring that out again. Wait, who'd you give it to? Didn't you give it to someone? Giving it to a few people, some yeah. fans. Didn't you give it to? Was it a fighter or? Not sure. Not sure. By the know. way, beautiful Mortal Kombat shirt right now. Thank you. Best video game since I was a child. This one and Need for Speed Hot Pursuit. Love that game too. Great game. Great game. Yeah. So in studio today. We're going to have Tim Welsh, 
and Sugar Sean O'Malley. Cannot wait. It is fight week. UFC 248. Israel Adesanya against Yoel Romero. Loaded fight week. Great card. What are you most excited for? Well, I mean, come on. He's going to be in studio. Sugar Sean O'Malley, like I mentioned, his return. I mean, it's almost two years this Saturday. No, I think it's two years tomorrow since he last stepped in the Octagon UFC 222. He's still undefeated, like I mentioned. We we were both at Quintet. We got to watch him live. That was December, right? Just yeah. two and a half months. A couple months, months ago. ago. Yeah. So I'm I'm excited to watch him. I mean, great personality, a uh, young, hungry, you know, great fighter all around. So and For, a good person. Yeah, first time interviewing him as myself. We've just come to his house and done the schmo stuff. We we were over at Park MGM for the last fight card here in Vegas, where we did a sugar schmo show, and uh, the Moneyline Sportsbook. That was fun. By the way, there's some renovations going on inside our studio, about halfway complete, doing some fresh paint, some panels. Do you like the new setup? I, I do. do. Yeah, it looks great. Oh, speaking of paint, though, um, my nails, because you're turning 30 soon, just have to, Thanks you know, get some schmo-colored nails, yeah. planning your birthday weekend, so. I appreciate that. Yeah. I appreciate that. But in studio today, let's just not wait anymore. I'm too excited. We have Sugar Sean O'Malley, and Tim Welsh, his best friend, his coach, his training partner, growing up in Montana together. What's up, guys? What's up, my brothers and sisters? <laughs> What's up? <laughs> uh, uh, yes. Good to have you guys Thank in studio. Thank you, guys. The studio's badass. Yeah, this Love studio it. is definitely an upgrade from our little hood studio in my bedroom. <laughs> it's not your bedroom. It's your my guest room. bedroom. It's, yeah, this is nice. It's funny because every time Helen and I have been coming over to your house, we've been going to your guest bedroom. We haven't even seen you there at all. Oh, no, no. The, we don't live together. Oh. That's my that's my oh, mat room. That's my room. It's at my house. Yeah, yeah. You guys used to live together, though, right? Oh, uh, a couple years ago. Yeah. yeah. We, ha we had our very first apartment. Once he moved down, we got our very first apartment together and uh, lived together. Two years. He didn't know how to take care of himself at all. Still so. don't. <laughs> yeah, that's the truth. That's the truth. What was the worst part about having him as a roommate, hygiene-wise? Oh, God. Don't put him on the spot. No, it's okay. Oh, I was I just, helpless? I just don't think he, he was never taught how to do his laundry, or he was never taught how to make his own food, or pick up after himself, or anything. I was 19. My mom did it all for me, and I wish she still could. <laughs> Change of pace, though, mm. now, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now yeah. he's got his, uh, his girlfriend, Danny, and she takes care of him pretty well. Yeah. It's always nice having a woman in the house doing those extra chores for you. I mean, yeah, we 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 split it up, split it pretty well as far as keeping it clean. Do you guys live together? We do, and I was just gonna mention, like, so you guys split it up. We broke I, up. I, I, no, I mean, split <laughs> it up like the chores. No, 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 not like that. <laughs> oh, David, you'll be mad at me. I went. No, it's okay. Let's hear it. That's it. <laughs> Let's hear it. Well, I do all the cleaning. You do all the. Who does all the cooking? Oh, see, that's a good well, point. That's where we split it up. Okay, that's fair. She can't cook, so I cook, she cleans. I thought it's a like good 50 that's, 50 that's, share. That's how we do usually. And then laundry, like, we, we she does most of it, but I'll, I'll pitch in. So we're pretty good about splitting it up pretty evenly. What do you usually do? Nothing. <laughs> I clean. Do I not clean quite a bit? The, the dishes, the kitchen. Once a month. That's about it. You can be <laughs> honest. 
By the way, Tim, I'm wearing my orange colored shirt. I'm I'm a Bears fan from Chicago, but uh-huh. you know the Red Hawk, the orange. I just oh. I want to tie the two and two together. I know you can't tell if my hair is really orange, red, or bronze. What do you think? Strawberry it's a hybrid. Looks like it's a shit. hybrid. There's some blonde in there. I, I can yeah, see the strawberry. Yeah, like strawberry blonde. blonde. Thank you. No, it looks good. Though. How long have you guys been dating? Long enough. Serious? Uh, about a year and change, year and a few months. Yeah. You yeah. better remember. I'm no, I do. <laughs> no, no, I'm no, I do. I remember. I remember. <laughs> but I, I really appreciate you guys coming on the show because it is fight week. You guys, you, you have the fight in about five, six days. You're cornering him for the fight. You're training at the UFCPI. You're getting the extra work in. I mean, walk walk us through. Walk the common fan through what goes on during fight week because all the hard work's been put on the mats over at MMA Lab and all the training in Phoenix and where you guys do most of the work, I imagine. Walk us through a fight week for you guys. Yeah, so we we got in yesterday. Um, usually they don't really start having things that we have to do, uh, any obligations, till Tuesday. So today we're just hanging out. We worked out this morning. Um, we came over here. Then I'm gonna go over there and do. We're gonna do a little something around six thirty because that's when I'm gonna fight around. Um, so so every night we're gonna do something around six thirty. Get my body ready. Like okay, that's that's what time we're about to go. Um, and then tomorrow we check in. Get our get our our uh, fight kit, our gloves, all that stuff. Make sure it all, it all fits. Um, and then Wednesday I think's media day. I got a sweet outfit coming. Thursday's media is day. Is it Thursday? Yes. Okay. We'll be there. Okay. Thursday's media day. And we get a square off with Taco. Um, and yeah, it, it, Fight Week's pretty chill. I really, really enjoy Fight Weeks. It's been nice, too, because Sugar's put on a lot of size. But most people coming into Fight Week, they're pretty stressed out about their weight. So it's hard to enjoy Fight Week because you're tw- sometimes 20, 15 pounds over. So it's pretty stressful. But he's got his nutrition dialed in so perfect with Danny's help and um, Dan Gardner, the nutritionist, that it's we're able to enjoy fight week and have everything down to a T, and it's going perfectly planned. And you guys were saying that earlier today you already ran into El Taco, Jose Quinones at the PI? Yeah, it just like a quick little passing. Like when I first saw him, I didn't really realize it was him, and then I turned around. I think Tim saw him, and then uh, one of our other buddies saw him. You guys saw him. I didn't really get to see him too good, but I guess he's, he's not looking too, too good. He's looking a bit haggard. A little rough. You think he's not going to make weight? I don't know. We'll D- see. I does think he the will. purse go to you if he doesn't make weight? I think it could get split between me and commission. So that'd be nice. Right, for so. The commission right? earns it. 30%, 20%. <laughs> what, what, I'm not I sure. Know. I think it depends how much you miss by. I don't know. I don't know. He. I don't know if he was looking sunken in or what. Maybe a little scared or but speaking of uh, missing weight, David and I were talking about obviously the fight this weekend, UFC Norfolk. What did you think of like the main event and then um, Davison missing weight and then winning? God, I wanted Benavides to win. He's a cool dude. I see yeah. him around the PI a bunch. I really like him. I was hoping he, he'd pull it off and he was looking good. But I don't know that flyweight division like it's hit or miss. But that fight was sweet from Bell till it was done. I was like, I was like, that's a sweet fight. Yeah, and people from other. In like Brazil and stuff, I don't know if they're behind on the times, but they seem to do it so old school. Um, just diet, suck themselves down, and just kill themselves, and just hope they make weight. Compared to okay, we're eight weeks out. Let's find out exactly what we need to be at this time. Exactly what we need to be four weeks out. Exactly what we need to be two weeks out, and then one week out, and we're right on track. You think you would hire someone for a title fight? I think that was his first time missing weight in the UFC, and mm. and. You know, going back to the purse being forfeited, I think uh, 30% yeah. of it went to uh, Benavidez. I wonder if that's based off a of state-by-state, commission-by-commission, or that's just 
kind of what's negotiated on the fly on yeah. the spot. Probably state by state. I would, I would, I That's guess. what I do think it is. Because I remember I missed weight in Washington one time, and it was 10%. And then another opponent of mine missed weight in New Jersey, and it was 20%. So I think it is state by state. And you fight at welterweight. Yeah, I haven't fought for two years. So. Me neither. <laughs> yeah. You both haven't see. fought for two years, but your <laughs> reasoning's a little bit different than Sean's. Yeah. Well, my my last fight two years ago, I broke my jaw pretty bad. And um I've just been healing up and I started my own jujitsu academy and uh just been enjoying it a lot. So as soon as I get the itch to fight again, I'll probably fight again, but I don't want to make any like rash decisions, but I'm enjoying life right now. So the improvement in this guy, Sugar Sean's jujitsu, is a credit to you. I would, I would say a little bit, but a little bit with Taquino too. But we've both, Taquino Mendez, he's the ADCC champ this year. We've both put a lot of our focus on energy into watching him and see where he's lacking and put a lot of our focus and help him be proficient on the ground. And right now he's pretty dangerous on the ground. Oh, Tim, what's your thoughts on Jose and just kind of how he matches up with Sean? Yeah, I think... Everyone in the UFC obviously is tough, and he's super tough, and he's not going to go away. But I just don't think he's the same type of athlete as Sugar is. And like I said, I think they do it pretty old school down there. So we don't know how beat up he's going to be coming into the fight. And um, there's a lot of areas he pulls his chin, lifts his chin up in the air. Um, there's a, He's not great anywhere, but he's pretty tough. So planning on there if we have to beat him up for 15 minutes beat him up for 15 minutes but if i had to guess they'll he'll probably put his lights out in about two minutes i had a question for you guys because you guys came from montana moved down to the phoenix area a few years ago the two big gyms down where you guys are are, are fight ready and the mma lab and i know there's kind of been some turnover and recently uh with coaches moving from mma lab to uh fight ready i know one of your friends well, teammates like scott scott holtzman mm -hmm. didn't he move back to tennessee yep um some guys at your gym kind of moved over what's kind of been the transition like was that due to a coaching change and how is it different now than when it was a couple of years ago it, do it, it doesn't affect us at all because all the all the 35ers mario batista 50 g's a couple weeks ago kyler phillips last weekend 50 g's um, like Tanquino is my weight. Like my weight class, 125, 35, 45. Like there's still a good group of guys at the lab that are, you know, that's, those are my training partners. Those are the most important people in a fight camp, your training partners. So at the lab, I got the, you know, my training partners. And then, you know, Tim is pretty much my head coach. And we do jujitsu at Tim's and Tanquino. So it hasn't affected us at all. Um, as long as our training partners are there, I'm, I'm going to be where they're at. It was definitely a big change, though, because we've been there for almost six, seven years now. We had a pretty solid group, and then they hired the new head coach, Eddie Chaw, and I think, I don't know if they had some disagreements or they offered him more money at Fight Ready, and then a handful of the fighters headed out with Eddie Chaw, and then, like, Scott Holtzman and Brian Barberina, they have their houses in Tennessee and live out there. So it was a little bit of a separation, but I've trained in a few places, like when I was training in Portland, Oregon at Team Quest, uh, Chael Sonnen, a bunch of good guys were there, and it started falling apart. So I kind of see it everywhere. It doesn't stay solid all the time. Things are constantly changing. Coaches are constantly changing. So but we're we're friends with everyone, which is like we don't ever we're never in the drama. So if we wanted to go pretty much anywhere and train, like we can, we literally get our work in and and stay out of all that. So. And mainly at the lab, like he said, we've been going there for the sparring partners, doing a little bit of the skill work outside of the gym, and going there and using their sparring. 
Would you guys do work at uh, Fight Ready too, or is, is it kind of just separate gyms? Tra- I train at the lab, train at Tim's gym, and then we go into competition training in Tempe with Tankino at his gym. So between those three, and then I train strength and conditioning with Brandon Harris, who's not affiliated with any other fighters really out there. But Jared Cannoneer's at the lab too. Right. Yep. Okay. How yep. bummed was he with that torn oh. pack? I think that was over at Houston when yeah. we were in, over in Houston too. Yeah. I don't even know really what happened. I just heard it. Heard about yeah, it. Yeah, he, he was pretty super bummed. But man, that guy is so mentally tough. He's one of the mentally strongest guys in our room, like Benson Henderson, obviously. But he's just, it doesn't matter. He could train with a 135er the whole whole fight camp and go in there and knock out the best 185er. Like He's, he's just a stud mentally. Everyone thought like it'd be him and Darren Till on this fight card, or I know. you know, obviously when, when God, Whitaker had to pull sweet. out, but that guy is scary. And Adesanya <laughs> knows he's kind of like that boogeyman guy, the the black one horse, X factor yeah. guy, the black horse in the uh, the division. Yeah, and Jared in the training room, it's not like oh man, he just murders everyone. But once it's competition and it's go time, he'd be a scary man to fight. And if there's anyone that's going to beat Israel, I wouldn't be surprised if Jared did. Do you think you're well? Will be Israel. Oh man, I am so pumped for that fight. Yeah, what a scary be human being. Yeah. <laughs> but have you seen his dancing skills? Like when he did the splits? <laughs> it's funny because he's so stiff up top, so everything he does is no neck. It's pretty cool. You actually did anyone ever think that Israel Adesanya, outside of Israel Adesanya, I mean, no one thinks that he's gonna be outdanced right there on the spot. Boom. <laughs> Takes him out. And his hat didn't awesome. even fall off. Yeah, that was the most impressive part to me is his little hat on top didn't even move God. during the backflip. How old is Yoel? I think like forty two or yeah, forty one or no, forty. Yeah, he's a, he's definitely in his at least in his early forties, but yeah. you know, we don't have his birth records, his birth certificate. He could be maybe in his mid forties. <laughs> yeah, he's definitely in his forties. It's so crazy that the USADA is that strict because we know how you you're not going to get anything past USADA, and the fact that that guy is on nothing is super scary. I wonder what his parents look like. <laughs> well, didn't he win that that lawsuit too for that tainted supplement? He got like twenty seven and a half mil or something like that a few months back. Yeah, yeah. I, who knows if they had the money to pay him out, but. That's pretty sweet. It's 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 crazy. That's man. why we were hoping to find whatever he got popped for and just start balling out. But hey, someone had it. to be the uh, guinea pig for the uh, the Nate Diaz's of the world, right? Yeah, Seriously. that's it. That's Unfortunately, it. but we're here now, so it's all good. Man, it's it's actually here too. It's this is fight week yeah. for you. Yeah. Well, well still, I still have a USADA pending test that I'm probably gonna get the results back in a couple of days. So I'm 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 st- I haven't been thinking about it too much, but it is still like uh, we'll see. Because, I, I don't know, we'll see. It sucks, but it's that's just the truth. And there was no one tested more than you. You said, went with well, the Schmo, too, outside of Diego Sanchez, you two were the most tested last year in 2019. Athletes. Last year, I was most tested. I had 25 or 26, and then this year, it's already been five. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's crazy. It is. But didn't Diego test for Austrian, too? I'm not sure. I didn't yeah, see I that. Yeah, I think he tested for Austrian, too. But it's nice We've, we enjoy these fight trips so much, and we haven't got to have them for two years, so we're really trying to enjoy each day of fight week and just have fun. And it's nice because his weight's not out of proportion, so we actually do just get to enjoy it and have fun. And you guys had a road trip to get here, too. Yep. You didn't oh, have yeah. to get on plane. The car trips are always... Woo! And we're, a concert. Weren't you playing ping pong this morning? Yeah, I saw your yeah Instagram story. Yeah, yeah. I ended up being Sean and I was Jets. like, yeah, I think you were what one in six against me. Yeah, he beat yeah, but me. the last game I won, so yeah, he did beat me last game. It was kind of felt bad. Me and Jay felt bad. 
It's embarrassing when you don't win ever. It's like, all right. So you guys have been friends for a long time. How did that friendship for, for, format and everything like that? How'd you guys meet and how'd the bond start? I uh, was fighting for Bellator at the time, and they asked me to go commentate some local uh, fights back in Montana. And uh, I remember seeing Sean, 16 years old, in like a kickboxing fight for, on a previous fight card. I was like, oh, that kid's pretty athletic. My friend's like, that kid's really athletic. I'm like, yeah, but I guarantee he doesn't know how to work hard. So I, after the fight, I invited him down. No, no. That So the first fight you watched me was a kick, yeah, kickboxing fight. I was 16. And... Uh, then I was 18 and had a first MMA fight. Or not my first MMA fight. It was like my fourth or fifth MMA fight. And you you flew down to commentate the fights. And I armbarred this college wrestler. And I knew nothing on the ground besides probably literally an armbar. And I fought a college wrestler. In my head, I didn't even know what that meant. Like, But I armbarred him. And after the fight, Tim asked me. He said, hey, if you want to come train at a real gym, um, let me know. So I texted him that next day. And I'm like, hey, let me know when I can come down. And we figured it out. And I came down for 10 days. And. Yeah, right when he was hitting me up. He was hitting me up the next day I invited him. I was like, oh, fuck. Because you were probably a little buzzed up when you offered. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I wasn't drinking at all because it was at the fight. Uh, but I was like, you oh, asked me shit, at the sting. this kid's fucking crazy. I think at the sting, you said, hey, if you want to come try it. I was like, ah. And I remember him getting in the car. I picked him up from the airport. A little Mesa. For the, for the first uh, trip. And he got in the car, and he wasn't even a professional at the time. He's like, yeah, me and you were going to go to the top. Me and you were going to go to the top. I'm like, man, this kid's fucking confident. He has no idea how good people are. And then that week he trained, and he got to see what high-level guys train like and train with some high-level pros and just get beat up and smashed. And I was like, oh, man, I don't know if we'll see him again. And he he would come home or come back to the apartment and just be upset, crying, like, and then you left, right? I was there for 10 days, yeah. I think I cried every day after practice, like, oh, shit. (laughs) That's not where I thought I was at. I thought I was a little bit better than that, but... I don't know what was in me. I was like, all right, well, I'm going to go back, save up money, and come back down. I knew I wasn't going to school or any, doing anything at work in 9 to 5. So I was like, this is all I got. I want to make it work. And then you started up the Timbo Sugar Show. <sighs> yeah, recently. What is it? Has it been? A, it's been over a year now, hasn't it? Yeah, episode 72 of the, the podcast. Ooh, that's been fun. 72, that's awesome. Yeah. What made you guys want to start a podcast together? Well, I remember you said that like three, probably Maybe even like three years ago, you brought it up like, God, I want to do a podcast, start a podcast. And I remember you ordered a mic and then it just kind of mm-hmm. stopped, kind of, and then it would come up again. And then we just, we, we decided let's do it. You know what I think I, I thought about doing the podcast because I was reading a Tim Ferriss Tool Titans book. I was like, oh man, it was getting me fired up. But then after the Joe Rogan experience, we both were like, fuck it. We just got to do it. Let's just invest in the mics, invest in everything. And then we just slowly been, it's been doing pretty good. It's been fun. Two guys I look up to a lot. Tim Ferriss, I remember reading the four-hour work week, the four-hour body, mm-hmm. and then Joe Rogan, obviously. Hell watching yeah. him since Fair Factor days. Yeah. 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 That's <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Amazing how that guy's just been able to build a brand, his own brand, and not rely on, like, a network. That's and cool. still get fat sponsors. Well, I just feel like we're so lucky just to have him and all the people he's interviewed and just how much we've learned from all the people he's had on his podcast, like, so fucking much. It's crazy how we can hold a conversation with some of those guys. Oh, it's some so of those crazy. Dude, I was like, he's a smart dude. Yeah, because yeah. he didn't, didn't doesn't really have any plans every time. Well, when we were on there and every time I've seen it, it just seems like he's just going with the flow. Winging it. Yeah. Let's see where the conversation Sitting in his goes. deprivation tank, just thinking of some ideas, maybe. Yeah, it's <laughs> pretty cool. It's nuts. It's crazy. He's got so much information because... 
Helen and I were even talking about it earlier today. Like we forgot like what we ate for breakfast yesterday morning. Like our memory sometimes it just fades. It's getting worse. Yeah, it's like the older you get, do you have more information? And then you're able to forget some of those little minor details that you're able to remember a couple of years ago, ten years ago, whatever. It would even be. yesterday. Even right? yesterday. Dude. But that guy's memory bank yeah. is just super strong, and he can hold a conversation with anyone from like a Bernie Sanders to yeah. to a Tim Welsh. You know, yeah. it's it's amazing. Yeah, it's pretty it's awesome. Weed. And <laughs> especially you guys think you're forgetting stuff. Imagine us getting punched in the head and concussions yes. and concussions. It's like I don't. Fuck. I don't. Yeah, you better outside, get hit. Outside of fight camp, I don't spar. I, w- I won't spar. I don't. I And in a fight camp, if I get cracked, I'm not going to spar. So I'll spar when I have a fight coming up. But other than that, I'm not. And I, which kind of sucks because I used to love boxing, just sparring. Like we used to box, just spar. Um, it's just not worth getting hit in the head because if it's not hurt, even in five years, if it's like, oh, nothing's really happened, it at like in 20 years. Did that sparring affect you? Like, I don't want to look back and be like, God, I wish I didn't spar that much. My head hurts. I'm forgetting stuff. Like, my brain health is the most, like, important thing, I feel like, for me. And that's that's a great point you bring up, too. I mean, you're a young guy, 25 years old, 10-0 and 0, as a professional fighter. Do you kind of... I know, I know we're heading into this, too, and there's so much light in the, ahead of you in front of this tunnel, that you, this journey that you're going on. Is there kind of like a strategic game plan that you have for your career uh, visualization? I know you guys are into meditating. Is there kind of like a game plan that you have for your career a year from now, two years from now, five years going forward? Well, I, I know after this fight, they're gonna I'm going to have to, you know, obviously keep fighting someone tougher and tougher, especially I'm going to go out there and look the way I'm going to look. They're going to be like, okay, like we got he's got to fight someone in the top 15, top 10. Like eventually I'm going to have to just keep fighting better guys. So um, as long as I'm healthy, I want to fight, you know, two, three, four times a year. Um, but taking smart fights is important. I think it's like, you want to be a fighter, you want to fight everyone, blah, blah, blah. But it's like, this is still a business. Like, I want to fight this guy. I'm going to work Jose. And then who am I going to fight next? I'm going to make the best, the smartest decision on who I'm going to fight next. I'm not going to call out the toughest guy in the division. And say, I'm going to fight you and risk, you know, I'm gonna, everybody in the UFC is tough. So the next guy I fight is going to be tough. Um, but after Jose, we, I don't know. We don't have, I don't have someone I'm going to call out. I don't know who we're going to fight. We're going to sit down. We're going to look at the division and I'm going to say, okay, this is who I'm going to fight next. And that's probably who we're going to fight next. What about if someone calls you out? I've been literally called up nine people since I've been out. So it's the, I mean, I've been called out. Uh, yeah, I think eight or nine people since I've been out. So it, it just, it, it, we'll figure out who I'm going to fight next after this fight. And I think the thing mostly that we're focusing on after each fight is, man, we got to fucking get better. Got to become a black belt on on the ground where no one wants to go on the ground with you. Because already I feel like he can strike with anyone in the division and knock them out on any day. So just trying to improve. And just like he said, just staying super smart and healthy so he can stay in it for a long time and not... Man, these past six years, I've seen so many people in sparring get concussions in sparring and then just stay in the sparring and keep sparring just to show that they're tough. And I think, and even me, getting boom, dinged, having to sit down for eight seconds and then finishing the rounds. And I think a lot of my longevity and health has suffered from just trying to be tough in the gym and proving you're tough in the gym. And that's what what we're trying to not do with him and make the smartest, healthiest decisions and just fucking keep getting better. I don't think there's anybody out there's anybody in the UFC that's working smarter than I'm outside outside of training when it comes to recovery, how sleep, what I'm eating. Like I don't I think I'm doing everything I can possible to become the best athlete. So I think that's a huge benefit 
um, that I that I have. Yeah, and because what were we talking about last week? Like when we had Diego on, and then we talked about it with RVD when he was on, and like the CTE, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. it seems like you guys are very cognizant yeah. of you know CTE, brain trauma, and everything. Are you doing any kind of neurological testing? Uh, and what what does your regiment look like on that end? Yeah, I don't, I'm. I've sparred so many from when I was 16 years old till probably like 21, 22. Like we would at the lab spar hard Wednesdays and Saturdays. Like you're getting hit in the head regardless Wednesday and Saturday, and that was just a normal thing. And then from when I was 16 till I was 19 till I moved to the lab, we would spar pretty much every practice like that was our practices was sparring so i was like damn i took a lot of damage like i don't think i, I don't feel like it's affected me right now and i don't know if like i'm healthy enough like I'm, it, it might not ever affect me but i'm just not willing to risk that and i and i don't think i feel like in my rounds this fight camp i was i was so sharp and i was so fast and and uh I, i'm like and i had really sparred in those two years i mean i went through those two fight camps when we got pulled off. So I was sparring in those camps. But other than that, I hadn't sparred. Um, and the first couple of days sparring back, I definitely, I was like, okay. Little, little, like just like a little behind. But right away, I was like, damn, I feel faster and better than I've ever felt. And it's got to be about finding a balance too. Because I know you're a big gamer, big with Fortnite. Uh, that was big too when you donated yeah. your earnings. Yeah. yeah. That was huge. Everybody picked that up. Every right. media outlet I saw that. Um, I know you got your, your uh, vehicle. That she that what 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 is that called the slingshot yeah but really like outside it's of good fighting, hobbies yeah um I, I was gaming too much even like that like that I was gaming too much after I broke my foot eight nine hours a day my brain was hurting and then I had anxiety I'd turn that thing off and I'd be sitting there it'd be nighttime Danny would get home and I'd just be like I'd have this like and this anxious feeling and I and I I think a lot of that was from staring at a screen for that long I don't think that's good for my eyes my brain so I really cut back on that I mean I game a couple times a week now but I was gaming every single day five six seven hours a day um and and then I realized like damn that's not good for my brain either so I I pulled back on that but hobbies we'll we'll take out the scooters we'll we don't do much we really don't. yeah hobbies wise it's like man just our good good food that we eat and then the cold and hot plunge and then just talking about our meditation or reading different books and sharing them with each other and making sure our sleep's dialed in and just feeling really good and making sure our relationships with our girls are really good and just enjoying all those small, simple things. That's pretty much our hobbies. And we, what we really like doing is training jujitsu and just training and improving ourselves. It feels good and it's fun. What kind of food? Mm. Every kind of food you can think of, like all the food that you would say is super shitty, like a shitty pizza, um, trying to find good, clean, organic ingredients from the top to bottom and make a good quality pizza or, um, yeah, any kind of food you can think of, making some grass-fed elk burgers with uh, egg bun and a turkey bacon and some raw cheese melted on it, just those kind of good foods and smoking Mm -hmm. weed and just enjoying it. Mm. Yeah, I want, I want to talk about the smoking weed thing, too, because in a sport like combat sports, whether it's boxing, whether it's MMA, um, I think it's so good. It, there's so many benefits for recovery and just a clear-headed thing. Get, get your thought process somewhere else. Some of the other major sports, the NFL, the NBA, Major League Baseball, it's they've taken so long to um, accept that. And I think this year, the first year, the NFL might have taken uh, marijuana off their banned substances, or Major League Baseball, I think it is, has taken marijuana off their banned substances. 
What's taken so long, man? Why, why do you think it's taken all these different organizations so long for that? I don't know. They'll probably see some kind of. They'll probably see some kind of sponsor come in and be like, "Oh no, it's okay. Money. You can do it." I yeah. Don't know. It, it, well, if they're probably honestly. doing enough studies on it now. They're they're like, okay, this is more beneficial than those fucking pills. Yeah, that's true. So, what can you say about it? You can't hide it much longer. Such a better alternative than alcohol, too. You're literally poisoning your body, and you everywhere you go, any sporting event. Doesn't matter what you're covering or what you're attending as a fan. You look up, there's a beer sponsor everywhere. Oh, yeah, hard alcohol. It's everywhere. It's just about money. I think you guys said too. Yeah, yeah. It's pretty crazy. But same thing with marijuana. I think you, even when we started, we were, I wouldn't say abusing it too bad, but still we were doing it too much. Now maybe we'll smoke a little bit here during the day, but I think it affects my de- deep sleep. Maybe affects Sean's deep sleep. But smoking all day, every day, I think isn't beneficial either. Yeah, I I track my sleep with this aura ring. I know it's not the most uh, accurate thing, but it gives you an idea. And if I smoke before I go to bed, even like an hour before I go to bed, my sleep is noticeably, or at least on this thing and, and feeling even, it, it's not as good as if I'll smoke, say I smoke at 6 o'clock, 6.30, and I go to bed around 10. Like I'm not really high when I go to sleep, and I get into my REM sleeps and my sleep cycles. So I think uh, definitely not... It, using it as a tool, like like anything, like caffeine, you're going to drink a cup in the morning or whatever. You're not going to drink it before bed. Um, but using it as a tool to enhance your life, I think it. Um, most people could benefit from it if they don't have that negative outlook on it. Was you, it like six months ago, Helen, where the UFC made that partnership with the CBD uh, research and organization? About, about like, six months yeah. ago? Did they approach you at all? Are you working with the UFC for their CBD research? Is that something that you're a part of? I know I got an email about it, but I didn't look into it. I don't ever look into my emails. <laughs> I know I got an email about it, something from the UFC, but no, I, I didn't didn't look into it. Do you guys ever do, use marijuana? It's uh, <laughs> okay. I, I, she, 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 <laughs> I mean, I'm like, do you want to hear the edible yeah, story? No, so, so she, yeah, no, yeah. yeah. yes. so we'll get into our edible story. Um, I used to smoke pretty much daily going back from college it, mm-hmm. it was kind of like my way of rewarding myself you know i'd work hard i i'm big into marathons and triathlons and stuff like that and um actually i created the schmo character by being stoned oh, my creative juices it it just got me out of my element of just thinking in the norm and the, in the typical ways and um i just thought you know I got my best ideas by being stoned. And then, you know, I, I think I was really sick a few years ago and I went to get chest x-rays. I had to get a flu and my lungs were just full of smoke. And I'm like, oh my God, the doctor's like, wow, you must smoke all the time. I'm like, yeah, I, I smoke every single day. It's like, that's not good for you. And then I kind of transitioned to edibles. Nice. And that's something I do a lot of, uh, you know, sometimes I do, I was, I, you know, she knows, like I like to like to take them a lot take yeah. them at night and stuff like that high tolerance at least 25 milligrams which Damn. is uh it, it's it's a hefty amount you yeah. know go up to 50 sometimes too but i know <laughs> it at, with regulation they won't go more than 10 milligrams but now it's like you know i take a couple months on a couple months off and it just really helps me get into a creative zone relax because i'm someone who puts a lot of pressure on myself and and it's really uptight mm-hmm. uh type a personality and it allows me to have a lot of beta type b tendencies yeah, that's badass. I think it it's so nice. It does give you a different perspective. Boom, like that. Do the edibles dry you out at all? What do you mean by dry? Dry you out, make you thirsty, make Your a dry mouth. Just, uh, not not as much dry mouth, but definitely makes you hungry. <laughs> definitely makes you hungry. And and I, I really stay away from 
from uh, Indica's because that'll just put me to sleep. Uh-huh. Uh, even hybrids to an extent do too. Mm. I, I like sativas. I like nice. the, the mind tie because that's where do I you, could write. If oh, you yeah. if you uh, take it too close to bed, do you find it waking up like a little drowsy? Yeah, yeah. I definitely don't want to take it that's right before bed, effect. like you said. And you know what's interesting too is like um, you don't dream. I feel like I I don't really dream when yeah. if that's the case. It affects your REM. It sleep. affects yeah. your sleep for sure. Um, so I've actually been a lot better. You can ask Helen now. I've been good with uh, kind of cycling off of it and then just going off and on and finding when to, when to use it, when to not use it. But hey, I'd much rather get stoned than drink alcohol and it, it doesn't affect my fitness goals. Yeah. yeah. Alcohol lowers your testosterone. There's not really much benefit of well, alcohol. Well, it's the biggest performance dehancer out there, isn't yeah. it? Helen, what was your story? Oh, <laughs> oh my God. Well, growing up um, in a very sheltered Asian home, I'm really hoping my parents don't listen to this episode. <laughs> no, my mom will like Uh-oh. call me, yell at me in Chinese. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> Literally. And those audio messages you can send now, right? Oh, so, uh, yeah, I try not to. Uh, gotta turn that down. But um, I was very sheltered in a Chinese family growing up. So, you know, gotta be goody goody all the mm-hmm. time, right? Do your homework, stuff like that. And I was a competitive swimmer. So it's not like I was gonna do anything to mess up like scholarships and whatnot. But um, so I never really tried in edible before uh, until I met David. Don't and before that, that, I've smoked weed. And but I would think to myself, like, OK, what are you supposed to feel, right? Because I'm naturally like pretty laid back, and and then I feel even slower. Like I'm operating <laughs> even slower, and I'm like, damn, I already talk slow. Like this is not good and not good for people. But um, and then so over the summer, David gave me this edible, this like orange thing. How many milligrams do you think? Well, see, here's the thing is. I would get them in California from this place that's been raided since. They're not allowed to sell anything uh, above 10 milligram okay. servings. So the thing I used to get um, was 100 milligram servings. I would cut it in force to be 25 milligrams. I feel like I didn't... Actually, I might have given you a full 25 milligrams. Holy shit. I, I'm See, sorry. That's the no, omission. Man. I did make a mistake. I did <laughs> make a mistake that would there. Me up. That was yeah, the first up. mistake. And then the second one... So. <laughs> I always hear it because David, like, every time he takes it, he's, like, in a great mood. You know, he's, Phenomenal like, Phenomenal well, mood. It oh, yeah. enhances your life or whatever. So I'm, like, well, I mean, a lot of my friends and growing up, like, they would do shrooms, like, all these different things. And I would never touch anything. I would just drink once in a while, smoke, but, mm-hmm. like, smoke weed. But um, just in case if my mom's listening, she doesn't think it's cigarettes. <laughs> um, and Ziggies. so um, mm. we'll see. when... You know, he told me, try this. You know, I was hesitant. And he's like, no, no, no. Like, you'll you'll feel a lot better. I'm like, uh, okay. Like, I don't really like putting were you foreign things in my body. Um, we were at your brother's we're place. We're at my brother's place in California. Okay. Um, I do want to say, though, this, too, because I talked about my lungs being filled with alcohol. Uh, alcohol, no, they weren't. Uh, it was smoke. Um, I... I would smoke glass, out of glass, like out of Sheldon Black for any of those stoners out there. Mm-hmm. You know, really nice bong, and I would take at least two, three full snaps hemp every single or night. Just butane. But- butane, yeah. Okay. I know you you like the hemp wick. I, I, in fact, Sugar, the first time the Schmo and you oh, yeah. did our interview, 
You and I took a couple rips of that. I was thing. so high. You were stoned. I that was. Was, <laughs> that was. I was wearing your tie dye shirt yeah. too, the purple. I was wearing one. my fuck it shirt. Do you know how I remember that? He never even smoked any weed. Was totally against it. I would always say, I've never smoked and drank when he first came down to uh, visit. I believe it. My dad's a cop. My mom was a nurse, yep. and I just that was not good. It was bad. And they, my mom still thinks it's bad. Like, what was your thoughts when I I took a rip for the first time? Like, you like, what is he uh, doing? What an idiot. <laughs> what His life's idiot. over. <laughs> His life's over. Yeah, I couldn't wait. And then the first time you got real stoned, remember? And you oh, thought you lost that phone in the garbage. You guys kept la- Oh, yeah. You, and I passed What's out. That story? On this. Well, here, let's, let's, I want to finish oh. here. I want to finish yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. So then, yeah, I take that gummy bear thing, whatever. I remember this now. Yeah. And then, was it like 20 minutes later? You're like, oh, let's go walk across the street. Let's go get food. And then I start feeling something, and I'm like, oh, crap. Fuck. Like, I, I feel, like, kind of weird. So I start, was oh I crying? God. You were bawling, crying. Yeah, I'm she like was crying. crying. I'm I like, believe it. I, I, I can't, like, <laughs> I, I can't there. walk down these flights of stairs. Like, no, Fuck. like, what am I doing? But here's the thing. And then David, being very... uh caring or whatever you're just like no you're fine you're fine and i'm crying like i need help i'm like thinking the world's like end am i alive so i don't even know you thought you're gonna get stuck in that state like, oh. yeah i'm i'm crying i think you called your mom too and you were crying and saying he's a terrible boyfriend I and all these different oh, yeah, oh yeah oh yeah <laughs> talk to me <laughs> well, you know, it, it sucks too because TMI. after a couple days later, and I sit back and I reflect on it, I think about the first time I took an edible was probably my freshman year in college. I was in the dorms, mm-hmm. and I remember just running down the hallways, thinking I was gonna die, and jumping into somebody's bunk. I think there was bunk beds on the floor, and just like he had like a cheetah printed um, uh, pillow and and sheets and stuff, and putting it on me, and thinking I was gonna become an animal. It was just. I, I feel bad. I'm yeah, sorry. Like seeing unicorns. It's terrible. It's a, an hallucinogen for sure. Like it could be. Yeah. It, but how come my experience wasn't positive? Because <laughs> you overdosed. Yeah, you definitely overdosed. 25 was Thanks. too much. You yeah. probably could have taken a three and had a good time. Three milligrams, yeah. But at the end of the day, I made sure she'd be okay. And she was. She woke yeah, up the next morning. Yeah, you're going to be fine. Took her out for a good breakfast. Yeah, and, but oh, I was crying for a couple hours. It wasn't a couple hours. <laughs> you don't know at that point. You're just like, have Maybe you guys tried like magic that. mushrooms? No. See, I know. I've, I've never taken anything <laughs> like. No, I've never tried. You're missing out. I, for me, my my in my life, I think. Uh, okay, I'm not going to advocate here, kids. Let's take drugs, all that kind of yeah, stuff. Yeah. But it's like, I think in this world, we live one life. You should at least try everything in a responsible manner. And doing the research and being around a good circle, being around someone that you could trust, and be with. I'm certainly open to it. I've just never had the opportunity or been in the environment to if do so. If you feel like you're in a rut or you're stuck or you need a, some, you just need something to change, or you got to figure something out or you want to evolve a little bit, I feel like you almost get called to be like, okay. You almost find out like, okay. I, you hear about mushrooms, you think about it, and then you're like, you try it. Definitely if you're not, like if you're young, younger, no. And definitely if you're not in a good headspace and not in a healthy headspace. But you need to uh, let the schmo enjoy some sometimes at the Sugar's Palace. Yeah, you, yeah, I think that'd be great. I'm gonna after this fight, I, I plan on I'm five grams is like a heroic dose, is like a pretty heavy dose. Um, and basically, it just what I'm gonna use it for is like it's like kind of like an ego death because after fights, you feel like the fucking man. You especially after I knock out Jose, I'm gonna feel like I'm on the top of the world. 
Would you say it's safe to say there's two types of fighters after a fight? You know, it's the after party, let's go get drinks, let's go to the club, hey, party's on me, and then there's the other fighter, let's chill, let's have a joint, let's relax, let's yeah. get stoned, whatever it is. There, Those two categories, or is there a third one? How I would you just stoners. I think everyone's <laughs> different, yeah. I don't know, because... <laughs> It's hard to say, yeah, because right now, like in this mindset right now, like after this fight, I'd literally want to just chill out, eat some food, and smoke a joint. That sounds fun. And magic mushrooms? Not right after the fight. Okay. Well, actually, I don't, I don't know. Should I even say his name or no? Yeah, do it, cowboy. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> cowboy. We were on this fan expo like a couple of years ago, and he was sitting next to me. And it was just funny. He just hey, you want some? Can some in a little pill? Capsules, um, yeah. But yeah, he. Yeah, he offered me some. But yeah, after my fight, I want to like do them at my house by myself. Maybe have Danny like be there with me. But the, the five gram dose is like a heavy dose, and you go you can go deep. And but it's like an, like I was saying, it's like an ego death. It makes you it puts you back and realize you aren't better than anyone. Like we are literally all one. And it, it I think that's that's an important mindset to come back to. I think uh, what you just said, Cowboy Cerrone. It's not just the persona, man. He the guy lives the life. Yeah, and I don't think mushrooms are nothing great. Like, it's weird. It just depends what kind of perspective you have about mushrooms. Like, if we were talking about mushrooms to my mom or dad, they'd be like, what, that guy's crazy. But, like, if you say mushrooms, like, Donald and Mushroom, I'm like, oh, that's pretty cool. Like, he must, uh, he probably microdoses. He probably takes a couple, you know, 0.5 grams or something. It just depends what kind of perspective you have about them. Well, some of the smartest people on the planet, Tim Ferriss, um, Sam Harris, the neuroscientist, they are all big. Joe Rogan. Yeah, everyone who researches them and looks into them, they're like, "Holy cow! They're they're more beneficial than than not." But remember, a few months ago, we were talking about was it mushrooms or something that they have like? Because my old roommates were telling me something. I don't know if it's mushrooms, but it's like one of those. They have those retreats. Ayahuasca. And yes. Mayo. Yeah. Is that the same thing? It's like a, is... an advanced. Like a... It's a different plant medicines. Yeah. I love how you know right away. Yeah, I think, I feel like they're becoming more popular, more and more popular. Like, yeah, for sure. But just like he's saying, after the fight, like it's pretty cool that even he's doing that because these fight weeks, you get so much stimulation, so many fans looking at you like you're this special thing, and then after you win, everyone's looking at you like you're this awesome thing, and then you go home and it's all over. Then you're just sitting there back in your normal life. So you could see how people go through like almost a little depression phase. Well, yeah, the, the book I'm listening to do right now, The Master of Self with Don Miguel Ruiz, talks about how everyone has masks and they have different masks for different things. And it's okay to have different masks. Like if you're a dad, you're going to wear your dad mask when you're around your kid. And when you're around your wife, you're wearing your, your husband. But just to know that you're going to have a bunch of different masks and that it's okay, but you're still at the end of the day, not you don't have any masks. Like I don't want to have... Like, I'm sugar right now. Like, this whole fight camp, the fight, I'm going to be sugar, sugar. But after all of this, I'm going to go back to just being Sean or whatever you want to whatever you want to say. Like, when I'm at the gym training jiu-jitsu, like, I want to be just Sean. I don't want to feel like I'm something else or have to feel like I have to be a certain way. So I think, uh, and mushrooms help with that a lot. They help you realize you're not shit. Talk to me about, you know, being a certain way, the role of social media. Because we're all kind of in that age where... We're growing up with it. You know, it's been around past decade where it's kind of this prevalent place in our lives, especially as a fighter. You get messages all the time from fans and stuff like that. How much do you read into it and how much do you let it really affect you? That's good. Yeah, we have a timer on our social media apps. We got 30, like for me, I have 30 minutes on Twitter and Instagram a day and then a message pops up. 
Sometimes you hit, click ignore for 15 minutes. Sometimes, <laughs> But uh, we're super conscious of that. Like For me, I know if I'm on my phone, the more I'm on my phone, the more anxiety I'm going to have at night. When I'm trying to lay down, I'm going like, to kind of have that little feeling. Um, like I left my phone at the hotel today just because I know I'm going to be on it if I have it. So sometimes I'll leave it. Sometimes I, I, won't, I won't be on it consciously. But these fight trips are hard because you're at the hotel for a, lot, like, for a long time. So you sit there and surf. Um, and I guess I'm not talking for everyone. For myself, when I surf, the more I surf on my phone, the more like I I feel that anxiety. I feel that 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 feeling. But I don't look at like I don't check comments often. I don't look at my message requests. Sometimes I'll go in there and like scroll through them and see if there's a sponsor. Because sometimes I get sponsors through that. Hey, we like blah blah. So I'll go through there. But really, I'm, I feel like I'm getting better at being away from it. And eventually, I'd like like it to be where I'm not even on my someone else runs my social media. Like, like my little brother moves down or something. That would be ideal, but it's hard because that thing's addicting, and it, and it's made to be addicting. It's made for you to pick it up and just you you can catch yourself picking it up and realize you're surfing and not even know you picked it up and you're surfing. So it's 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 you know it's, there's steps of being aware of it. When do you guys cut it off surfing at night? See, we have a competition. We look at it. At, you get those Sunday reports. Yeah, so you have X yeah. amount of screen time. It's like. Who has less amount? And our entire business is yep, basically run through our phones, you know, to, to, to do what we do to, mm-hmm. to figure stuff out. Like social media yeah. is kind of how we are able to monetize and run our businesses. Yeah, we have a competition. I try to cut it off, ideally in a perfect world, an hour before you go to bed because just looking at the screen and everything like that, it's, I feel like it's going to affect my sleep. Um, I know she looks at it, uh, her phone at night longer than I do, but at the end of the day, I probably look at my phone maybe a couple minutes longer than you per week. I don't know. That's just what the reports say. Yeah, a couple minutes. And then you wake up earlier than me, and the first thing you do... See, the thing that we're really good about is not... There's some mornings I won't... I'll wake up at 7.30. I won't look at my phone till 10. Like, having those extremely slow mornings, hitting a 10-minute meditation, and then we, like, enjoy making our coffees. Like, we just had something on our Patreon channel, a little uh, coffee off, who made the better coffee. Uh, He lost. No, he won. But just enjoying those slow mornings makes my day so much better because there's mornings where I'll pick up my phone when I wake up, and I can just feel that, like, that feeling. I don't know. It just makes your day a little bit different. But slow mornings, not picking up your phone for a while is... I think super beneficial. Another thing we almost kind of got from Tim Ferriss, I guess, just a good solid morning routine, whether you're doing a little movement, um, writing in your journal, doing your meditation, enjoy making your coffee, each step making your coffee instead of just getting all that stimulation right off the bat. And then your brain's just going on, going off about other people's shit. So it's be- it does definitely make your day a little better. You keep bringing up Tim Ferriss. Tim Ferriss got me hooked on using kettlebells as a workout. You know, oh, like sweet. he said, if there's one workout, one exercise that you could do, if you can only do one exercise that day, kettlebell swings. Yeah. Pick up the heaviest kettlebell and see how 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 long you can go to get to 75 without taking a break. 75 reps. And, uh, yeah, I, I look up to that guy. Definitely yeah. do. He's... A lot of good insights. Yeah, I've learned so much good stuff from him. Do you guys have any animals? We don't, but I'm a dog guy. You know, okay. I grew up with dogs my whole life. Uh, our family um, gets uh, shelter dogs and oh, I train cool. them and, and raise cool. them. So my older brother's got a dog um, that I love to play with and babysit. It's hard with how much you guys travel, huh? 
It is. Yeah. It is. We're we're traveling a lot, but you know, it's it's fun, man. It's Fuck yeah. It, it, it's 2020, man, and and you don't have to live a life uh by what other people think is the right way to live that yeah, life, especially standards. in our industry and in, in the media industry because of what these phones and social media you can create your own business. If you have the work ethic and you have a plan and you're persistent and you stick to it, you can create something and build your own business. Um, and that's kind of what we're doing cool. here. If you guys, so you guys, um, do you guys go over certain fighters together at night? Like study kind of like what kind of questions you want to ask and stuff? Well, I actually never like create questions. I have bullet notes. Um, yeah. And then, because everything I do is pretty much off of improv. I And I've really never taken an improv class before either. <laughs> I just I just love the idea of being on my toes and being thrown off guard and seeing how I can react in a, in a fire situation. Um, but sometimes she will ask me, hey, what are you going to ask him or her and so whatnot? So she doesn't ask yeah. it. Mm. She usually likes me going first, so she knows she doesn't ask the questions. But I have no problem with her going first because I know it's going to be different. And uh, actually, he, he said this to me, and this is, resonates to me all the time. Uriah Faber said to me a few months ago because he said he was a fan of my work. And he said to me, if you're not first, be different. And clearly, that's I'm not the first one to do you know, sports reporting or sports commentating, uh, but I'm definitely different. So it's fun, man. No, yeah, you're, you're, yeah, really good. Uh, yeah, make it super fun. entertaining. It's fun to watch. But I'll tell you what gets on my nerves, and you can ask Helen. A lot of people say, oh, you're just a ripoff of Nardwar, Nardwar, Nardwar this, Nardwar that. And I don't know what that is, though. Exactly, dude. Same. So I didn't know who Nardwar was until my buddy, if he's listening to this uh, podcast, Diedrich Ferris, shout out to him from college few years ago he's like dude you ever see nardwar you remind me the schmo reminds me so much of him and i didn't know who it was so i looked him up and i didn't think much of it mm. and then when i blew up last april um because i didn't think about it it's not like i watch it like mm -hmm. i like music man I, music's great but i'm not a music guy mm -hmm. i'm a sports guy i'm a diehard sports fan and i look him up and the only things we have in common is we're both weird and goofy i don't know if that's his real personality nardwar i mean clearly not mine it's like an alter ego i'm yeah. an eccentric guy coming from chicago like there's characters like that from second city or even harry carey and that's kind of like what i model my stuff off of but i didn't know it exists and everyone's like oh you're just a you're ripping this guy off you got to credit this guy it's like no man i <laughs> and then I, I saw some of his stuff i'm like okay like I think it's such a peasant mindset to try to group someone into something without giving someone their credit or their due diligence for yeah. being creative. We're both weird, goofy guys. That's what we have in common, mm -hmm. but I'm not ripping his stuff yeah. off. I'm not I get watching. that about Connor sometimes. You're just trying to be Connor. Like, I'm literally not watching Connor stuff going, I'm going to try to do that. Isn't it weird, though? You look through all the comments and you just fucking look at those negative ones. And then they <laughs> run through your head the next few hours. And I, I catch them running through my head. I'm like, what the fuck am uh, I even thinking about that for? Yeah. That's probably just some loser who's... Like, and sometimes they're just looking for attention. She gets so caught up on comments. She's been crying <laughs> and all this really? different stuff. Yeah, some Rogue people not, are assholes. Yeah. Oh, they're so yeah, they're yeah. so mean. But here's the thing: they'll find anything to yeah. just like bag on you. Exactly. Well, if they know you read it, they're gonna get meaner. Sure. Like, she's gonna read this. Like, but I don't read shit. Even uh, recently, because I did the interview with Song Wei Li in Mandarin, and then. I got some people like criticizing my Mandarins. Like, can you do interviews in two <laughs> different languages and translate them? And they're like, how do you know um, what she's talking about? You don't even understand. It's like, if I didn't understand, how would I respond in Chinese? Like, yeah. really? 
Yeah, I mean, I, I think what you said is definitely true. It's like you remember those negative comments. Uh, we're all human. I'm guilty of it. All of us sitting down the in Nardware this room. Thing. Yeah, God, I just brought the Nardware thing. We yeah. read the comments too. But at the end of the day, I always remember this, and this is what helps me. I'd rather have them talking about me than not talking about me at all. And uh, any noise is good noise. It helps with the algorithm, right? Them commenting, them yeah. saying stuff. So uh, I'm okay with it. As yeah. long as you're saying something, it's better than not saying anything at all in my book. But we do, and I'm sure we all can agree, we do get a lot more positive feedback and yeah. comments. Yeah. And we definitely appreciate those ones. Yeah, so. fuck yeah. Yeah, well, I can't imagine just going on someone's stuff and just blatantly trying to try to think of something to make them feel bad i just can't even imagine doing that so i can't imagine how that person doing that is feeling on the everyday basis exactly yeah can you imagine what's going yeah, through know. their life to kind of just uh just talk hate yeah you know what, what's going through their mind fucking losers low probably, yeah. low mentality no profile pictures <laughs> no on those account those no. egg accounts yeah. and <laughs> the ones that like uh they twist the names like if it's a Sean O'Malley, they'll try to like be like yeah. John O'Malley and yeah, then make right. like a different account or something. Cocksuckers. Yeah. So so kind of going full circle, man. Jose Quinones. I mean, I'm not sure if you're a betting guy, but you are a minus three thirty favorite. For everyone listening out there, go to mybookie.ag. Mybookie.ag. Use the promo code schmozone s-c-h-m-o-z-o-n-e and you said it to me earlier a few days ago when the schmo interviewed you bet the house on sean o'malley you want to make some chatter bet the house yeah um mybookie.ag will match up to a thousand dollars of what you put into it your first a thousand dollars use that promo code they will match up to a thousand dollars if it's your first time using it or if it's not just put in schmozone at checkout Play some bets. Let's wrap this up. Let's get your opinions on what's going down this weekend. Who's winning the main event? Ooh, Is- Israel and Yoel. I, I know you don't like predictions, yeah, yeah, yeah. but come on. It's, hard. it's so hard. Like, there's some fights. All fights are hard, but then there's some fights like that where it's like, I don't know. I'd like to say Izzy um, just because got a, we got a similar style. Um, you know, I think me and him have the best striking in the UFC, and uh, I'd like to see him win. I'm going to say Israel, too. He's so long and he's so accurate. Yeah, Yoel, Yoel's not the type to take someone down and grind on him. So he's going to be striking with Izzy. So I think Izzy's going to touch him up a bit. What about the co-main, Joanna Whaley? Man, the, the Whaley's been looking tough. On the countdown, that swayed me and JX. We were watching oh, it. I was I like, oof, she's pretty scary. I, I didn't watch the countdown, um, but I'll say I'll say Joanna just because you think Whaley, huh? Yeah, I, I will say this, going back to Israel real quick. Did you guys see that his arm, that thing going on about him potentially having staff in his arm? Is he? I mean, th- th- there's this video going oh, on shit. the internet right now about him potentially having staff in his arm. Have you ever had staff? I've not. I have. You, you, how long does it take to, to get? And Ooh. then you have to be on, what, antibiotics and stuff, and that will weaken yeah. your immune system? Well, it depends what antibiotics you take. There's certain antibiotics that will gas you out, and there's it depends how uh, early you catch it, too. If it grows to be really big, then it's going to take some time. Because didn't Kevin Lee have staff mm. when he fought Tony, Tony Ferguson? Yeah, right on yeah. his chest. Yeah. I remember that. Yeah, yeah I remember that, too. So that's just something I guarantee the media is going to jump on that this week, especially if it's visible, because I mm-hmm. saw it in the video. I don't know if that video was from two weeks ago, a week ago. Mm-hmm. I mean, Izzy's been pretty uh, active in the media 
gauntlet. So I'm I'm sure it's been pretty recent. So I'd keep an eye on that too. But his, and his takedown defense, Izzy's is I mm-hmm. think phenomenal too. Yeah. He doesn't get taken down much. Right. Well, well, guys with that good a timing and they're that are standing that far away from you, it's hard to get close enough to even grab them without something coming in to hurt you. And uh Joanna, I like this is this is her taste getting that championship uh blood back at the strawweight division. Um she realizes how big of a moment this is to her. I think Wiley's a physically a bigger female fighter. It's gonna be one hell of a fight. I can't wait. It is. Uh, where can we find you guys on social media? Sugar, start with you. Yeah, Sugar Sean MMA. Um, I think that's Instagram, Twitter. That's pretty much all I'm on. But then we got the Timbo Sugar Show on YouTube, um, Spotify. That's our podcast. And then our Patreon is also the Timbo Sugar Show. Um, we come out with uh, some pretty sweet content. JX follows us around, gets all this backstage footage. Um, so we got vlogs coming out and, and those coffee contests and stuff like that. So. Oh, yeah, at Tim Welch, MT. Helen, final thoughts? Looking forward to this weekend. Thank you. I mean, it's cool to see you here in Vegas. We're always at your house with yes. your cute dogs as well. Cool necklace, Thank sugar. You. Thank you. We got both you guys in studio on Fight Week, during Fight Week. Epic. And we're going to be there through everything. You know, we're going to see you on Media Day. Looking forward to that outfit. Mm. Looking forward to seeing everything. We'll see you guys at weigh-ins, too. Um, This is the Schmozone Podcast, Episode 5. We're out. One, two, three, four. Those are numbers. But you already knew that. If you want to know what number you're going to pay each month for your car, use Kelly Blue Book My Wallet on AutoTrader. They're really good at numbers. AutoTrader.